All right, so welcome to part uh, four, four of the series that I'm doing called Building a Trellis. We've been talking about spiritual formation for the last month. It's a fun series. I'm enjoying it, and I, I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am enjoying it. Uh, if you would have asked me as a kid what was my least favorite day of the week, it would have been without question Sunday. And that's kind of a surprising answer for a kid who grew up in a Christian family, in a Christian home, went to Christian school, that I would say my least favorite day of the week was Sunday. And it wasn't necessarily because I did not like church or I didn't like Sunday school. It was because I did not like all these rules around the Sabbath day. I grew up in a, in a family that participated in the Sabbath day uh, uh, practice. And for me as a kid, it was not life-giving. It was completely the opposite. So as a kid, I kind of grew up not liking Sunday. My family took this commandment, my family took the fourth commandment really serious. I mean, we probably could have got rid of the rest of the Bible and stuck with this because this is where it was at. So let me read this to you. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. This is God speaking through the prophet Moses to the Israelites. He says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On, that, on it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your sons or your daughters nor your male or female servants nor your animals nor any foreigner residing in your town. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and it made it holy. This was kind of like a nutshell, the rhythm of my family life. We took the Sunday extremely serious. And so in some ways, my family uh, tradition on the Sabbath day was beautiful. There was parts of it that I really did like. I mean, Sunday was a family day. We got up, and I was one of five kids. We always had a big breakfast together. We all went to church together. I went to Sunday school afterwards. And Sunday dinner involved some family friends coming over or going to another family member's house with a big meal. And then you would go home, and then you were supposed to take a nap. That was a requirement. That was as holy as going to church. And then you'd go back to night church. Then after night church, you probably went to grandparents' house again for a meal. So Sunday was a beautiful time of family and friends. The thing that I didn't like about it was that downtime that you had between activities. You really didn't know what the rules were or what you're supposed to do. You Knew you couldn't do anything like ride your bike. That was ooh, pushing it. You know, swimming was off the table. It was quiet play. But you never really knew what quiet play was. I mean, like, can you play with your Lego? Is that in or is that out? Maybe you can play with your Lego, but don't build something big. Maybe something small. <laughs> and so you kind of grew up. So I kind of grew up, and I, I can say this. If my parents were here right now, they'd probably laugh uh, along with me. My mom? I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> you know, Sunday was just this burden. It wasn't fun. If you'd have asked me that, that fourth commandment, I would have said, that is complete torture. It was something that it felt like God was punishing you by saying, hey, you got to take a day off. So I kind of grew up with that whole idea that the Sunday was not really the Sabbath observation wasn't that good. So as a kid, it was kind of my, my goal in life was someday to be old enough that I didn't have to participate in the whole Sunday Sabbath because it was such a burden. So in fact, 
little confession time here. So when I was 18, I was home for a weekend uh, from college, and, um, and it was one of those Sundays where we're all going to go to my aunt's house. I mean, I'm, I'm talking, you know, 50, 60, 70 people after church that Sunday to spend the day there. And uh, my sister, older than me, said, hey, why don't you tell mom and dad you have to do homework today, and then we'll skip it, and we'll go to the beach instead. So that Sunday we went to church, and I met the, the first... It, I mean, first of my parents, for me to say, I, I'm going to do homework, they should have been like, okay, this kid's not being honest right here. So we played the card, okay, I'm going to do homework. And legalistically, I did do homework. But we went to the Holland State Park. It was one of those Sundays in April when it's like crazy, it's uh, suddenly 80 degrees. And so the beach is packed with all these people from West Michigan, finally 80 degrees. The beach literally, literally is packed. And so my sister and I are out there enjoying the day until a photographer from the Grand Rapids press came. And I tell you, I wasn't that smart at 18 because he said, what's your name? The next day, on the front page of the Grand Rapids press was Jack Seitzma and his sister Sarah enjoying a day at the beach on Sunday. I mean, for my parents... That might as well said Jack robbed a bank and shot two people. I mean, that was as big of an offense. I mean, that was like, how could you do that? How could you go to the beach on Sunday? And, and well, it wasn't that hard to do. It was just... But I think a lot of us here, if you grew up, especially in this West Michigan culture, we grew up with a lot of, a lot of respect for the Sabbath day, which is a beautiful thing. But in it was mixed a lot of legalism. We kind of stumbled a lot over what does it mean to work and to not work. And so we come up with a lot of uh, extras built into what God's saying here. And I think over the years, it, we really got away from the heart of God in this. So what, the question is, why was God, what, what was this for? Why did God make this one of the commandments of the ten? What, what was his plan in this? See, I think what we sometimes forget is every commandment in the Bible, every rule or every guideline or every command God has given to, him, to each of us is a gift. He never gave it to us as a burden, but he gave it to us as a gift for our protection and our benefit. And the whole part of the Sabbath day was God wanted to give us a gift. He wanted to give us a gift and say, you know what, if you focus on me for the day, I'm going to take care of everything else for you. The Sabbath was designed to be a gift, and when you receive it, your life is just a whole lot easier. So in Deuteronomy 5, verse 15, there's another, uh, uh, another the Ten Commandments is repeated again. And at this time, I think Susie read it earlier, it says, Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with a strong hand and his powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. See, the Sabbath day, God wanted us to remember that he got us out of captivity, that he got us out of Egypt, that he got us out of a place of bondage with a strong arm. He wants us to remember. The Sabbath day is a time to remember. See, God was speaking to the Israelites, and for, uh, for several hundred years, the nation of Israel was in captivity in Egypt. And for 400 years, that nation worked 
every single day. Seven days a week they labored. Seven days a week they worked hard in the sun, and the burden of work got greater and greater and greater. And I would imagine if you were an Israelite living in Egypt during those, those years, you probably didn't know the difference between a Monday and a Tuesday or a Saturday. Your days just all became like the same thing. Work, 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 and there was no end in sight. Nothing ever got easier. And when God got them out of captivity, God gave them the Ten Commandments and said, okay, now life's going to be a lot easier for you. I'm going to show you what, how to live your life. And one of the things is, he said, I'm going to have you rest on the Sabbath day. So if you were an Israelite and you heard news, you only have to work six days a week, you'd be like celebrating. That's a party. And you get paid the same. And that's what God says to each of us. I'm going to give you a day off. Imagine if I said to some of you who work five days a week, okay, now you're going to only work four days a week, and I'll pay you for that extra fifth day. You would all be partying. You would have a celebration. Nobody in here would say, do we have to follow that? <laughs> nobody, would, would he, nobody in here would say, is that required? Nobody would. But we look at the Sabbath day, and we say now, we go, do we really have to do that? Is that really required by us? And I think so often what has happened to us is the legalism has got piled on so high on this beautiful thing that God has given to us. And sometimes we can't see it for what the value it is. So what God gives us, he gives us this day and he says, I want you to put me first. I want you to remember what I did for you and I want you to put me first. See, the whole idea that God had with the, the Sabbath day is to take the pressure off you and I that we can have a day a week that we don't have to produce. We don't constantly have to be producing, but we can take a day off and we can see that God's going to provide for us. And that is a real blessing from God. So last week we talked about silence and solitude. We've been working through spiritual formation, talking about different disciplines that we do in our life to help our priority be our relationship with God. So last week we talked about silence and solitude, about spending alone time with God at quiet. And I think Sabbath is like silence and solitude, but you enter in with family and friends and community. And it's a good way to connect with God through family and friends. And, and what your Sabbath day looks like is kind of entirely up to you. But I'm bringing this up today because I think for a lot of us, we have skated away from the meaning and the purpose of the Sabbath day. But I think you're saying God is restoring our understanding of the Sabbath day. You're finding a lot, you just look at Christian bookstores, you're finding more books that are coming out about the Sabbath. So you're seeing a shifting of that where people are saying, I want to participate in that. Because I think what people are seeing in their life is they're becoming so busy that they're lacking their connection with God. And it's through the Sabbath, people are saying, I want a, a way to reconnect with God. So it's kind of an interesting timing when you look at it, that American culture is getting busier and busier, and you're seeing the American culture move into what is referred to as a post-Christian society, that younger people especially are saying, hey, I need to tap out of this busy schedule once in a while. I need to take a Sabbath day. I need to take a day off from my work. I need to take a day to unplug. I need to take a day to disconnect so I can connect to God. And the Sabbath day is a lot of what we're trying to do in Lent, saying, okay, let's disconnect from the things of the world so we can connect with God. In this post-Christian society, what you're seeing in culture is that people that are outside of the church, people that are outside of the kingdom of God, have a desire to connect. They want a salvation experience. 
But for people outside of the church, you're finding Mark Strayers. He's, I think, one of the most brilliant uh, pastors out of Australia who understands Western culture and what's happening in the church and related to culture and the movement of ideologies among, among people. He talks about the fact that a lot of people in our culture that are outside of the church want a salvation experience. And for them, what a salvation experience is, is that if you get to decide what you want to do whenever you want to do it. Salvation experience for some people means complete freedom to make my own choices. That nobody's going to interfere and tell me what to do. So in a post-Christian culture, they want the values of the kingdom, but they don't want the king. They want the values of the kingdom of equality, of justice, of peace. They want the things that Jesus came to bring, but they don't want the king. They don't want anybody telling them what to do. And so in a post-Christian culture, anything that would prevent you from doing what you want to do is now viewed as sin. So in a real progressive society that moves away from biblical standards, truth is whatever you want to do in a sin is anything that would prevent you from doing it. So at the same time, we're seeing within the kingdom of God, we're seeing people in the church saying, I understand life is getting busier and busier, so I need a way to tap out. I need to take a pause from what's going on in the world. I think Henry Nouwen, I'm going to read this quote from uh, his book, The Way of the Heart. I think he, this is just perfectly says what so many of us feel like. He says, in general, we are very busy people. We have many meetings to attend, many visits to make, many services to lead. Our calendars are filled with appointments, our days and weeks filled with engagements, and our years filled with plans and projects. There is seldom a period in which we do not know what to do, and we move through life in such a distracted way that we do not even take the time and rest to wonder if any of the things we do think, say, or are worth thinking, or do, are worth thinking, saying, or doing. I love that part. We're so distracted that we do not even take the time and rest to wonder if any of the things we think, say, or do are worth thinking, saying, or doing. We get so busy with life that we have no time for reflection. Especially now we all have a cell phone. We all have computers. We have texts. We have emails. We're constantly distracted. I mean, there used to have been a time like when you had to wait in line that you waited in line. Now we just zoom over Facebook and Instagram and see what's going on. There's interesting. There is now a new diagnosis called phantom vibration syndrome. That's a real term. Phantom vibration syndrome is when you think your cell phone is vibrating or ringing in your pocket, and it's not. People have been so accustomed to their cell phone, so anticipating that it's going to ring or buzz or something, that they are feeling vibrations when it's not happening. They did a research on um, Georgia Institute of Technology campus, and 90% of the students that they reviewed have experienced that. We're so busy. We never disconnect. We're feeling our phone when it doesn't even ring. So one of the questions that we're talking about Sabbath, talking about resting, is saying, is it required? Do you have to do it? So I know there's a, a, you know, probably you can find people on both sides of the aisle, but I'll say the general consensus is no. You don't have to. We receive our faith 
through our relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, the Old Testament commandment, the command of the, the Ten Commandments, was part of the Mosaic Covenant. So Jesus fulfilled that. However, that doesn't mean to say that we just ignore anything that was written in the Old Testament. These are principles in the Old Testament that we should still follow today because they're good for us. Like the other Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. We're going to keep that one. We're going to keep don't have idols. We keep those things. But what we need to do is go back and revisit some of these Ten Commandments to make sure we're understanding them clearly through what God is saying to us and, what for, and, and for what Jesus has given to us. And one of the main reasons for doing the Sabbath day, participating in the Sabbath day, is because God did it himself. As we read earlier, God rested after he created the world. God did that way before the Mosaic Covenant. So we see the pattern that God sets up from the very beginning of taking a pause once in a week to rest and reflect and look back on what has happened so you can be grateful. I want to read the scripture from the book in the Gospels. This is, talks about... Oh, I missed it. Okay. All right, I want to read a, a quote before I go on. Thank you, Becky, for reminding me. I found this after I did my notes. I think this, this quote kind of sums up a lot of my message. And I found this quote later, so it's not in your notes. It's from John Piper where he says, So Jesus didn't come to abolish the Sabbath, but to dig it out from under the mountain of legalistic sediment. And to give it to us again is a blessing rather than a burden. It is a day for showing mercy and a day for doing good. It should not be governed rigidly by narrow definitions of what is work and what is not. It is a day to focus on the Lord, and now Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, so it's a day to focus on Jesus. And it is impossible that a day focused on Jesus should be a burden to the believing heart. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I think that's a beautiful quote to summarize what God wants to do is he wants to give us a Sabbath is a day to bless us and not a day to burden us. He wants to dig it out from all the religious, the religious sediment and so we can find freedom in that day. All through the Gospels, this is an interesting thing. When you look through the Gospels, you read them. You're going to find that Jesus got in trouble a lot on Sunday. On the Sabbath day, he got in trouble over and over again. I relate to that. Because there's people that had rules for the Sabbath, and they're always looking at Jesus like you broke a rule. But you know what's very interesting in the Gospels? You find the majority of miracles that Jesus did were on the Sabbath day. The ones that are recorded, it's interesting, the majority of the miracles that he did were on the Sabbath day. The Bible doesn't tell us why we see that, but it just makes you kind of wonder that the days that Jesus was most productive was on the day that he set aside to focus on the Father. That the most productive Jesus was throughout the week was when the one day a week he's just focused on his relationship with God. Because that's the heart of the Sabbath. That we would take time from our busy schedules, disconnect from all the responsibilities that we have, well, not all of them, but majority of the ones that we can disconnect from and say we're going to focus on God and it's going to be a day to be grateful and then look what God does. He performs miracles. All through the gospel on Sunday, you see miracles of healing, physical. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think that's what God wants us to see is that when you take a day to disconnect 
God steps in and says, okay, you're trusting me? I'm going to do something for you that you never could have done on your own if you were working. That's the beautiful thing about the Sabbath that God invites us into is saying, you don't have to work as much. Rely on me more. And so today as we talk about this as a spiritual discipline, I want us to remember that God has given us the opportunity like he gave to the Israelites to say, take a day and make it special. I'm going to jump to the end of my notes because I'm running out a little bit of time here and I want to do something fun at the end. But I have this beautiful quote by John Mark Comer. It's on your list. It says, The Sabbath isn't a cold, arbitrary rule that we have to follow. It's a life-giving art form that we get to practice. I love that quote, that the Sabbath is a life-giving art form that we get to practice. If we looked in each other's houses, we'd all have different forms of art. What's beautiful to me might be a little different from what you have, and I think that's what God wants us to do in our Sabbath rest. Find what works for you that can be a beautiful piece of art that would reflect your personality, would reflect what you need, so it can bring the most life to you as you disconnect more to trust in God. That's my heart for each of us, that we get out from the legalistic sediment that's over the whole idea of a Sabbath, but we see the beauty of it that God gives it to us as a gift, and we work with it. And I know Becky and I have been very intentional this year about trying to take more of a Sabbath day and what that looks like for our family and our situation with Nick. And it's trickier in our house. And all of you have different obstacles, but try to take a day that you say, you know what? It was a beautiful in my family what we did. I mean, we they always had big meals, but my mom tried to prepare them way the night before. So there wasn't less work for her to do on that day. And so it was intentional about being with family. And, and I'd encourage you to figure out how could you take a day a week with your family or maybe you're single, with your friends, or, or however you're going to do it to say, a day I'm going to focus more on my relationship with God. Try to disconnect from work. Maybe I'm not going to look at emails. Maybe I'm not going to answer text all day. Maybe I'm not going to do a bunch of Facebook, but I'm going to connect with people or connect with the Lord more. I encourage you to do that because that's what we're we're trying to accomplish in the season of Lent. So I want to read you in Mark 23. It's in a story of Jesus getting in trouble again on the Sabbath. And it says, Jesus said, it says, Jesus went into the synagogue again. Did I miss my first one? Mark 2, she's throwing me off. All right, one Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Jesus said to them, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abinathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. And I think that's something we need to take away, that the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people. God's given us the Sabbath to meet our needs not to keep a bunch of rules to keep him happy in some way. And I think as John Piper said, we can't just spend our time just trying to debate over what does it mean to work and not to work because all of us are going to experience that difference. You know, for me, some of my hobbies, you might look at it and think, that's pure work. 
But for me, that's rest. And we need to be flexible in what is life giving to us and say, how are we going to spend time doing some of these things so that we can rely on the Lord more and trust on the Lord? And to give us the opportunity to say, you know what? I'm going to take a break. And that is hard in this American culture. Our American culture values work so much that being extremely busy, that not taking a day off is kind of a moniker or a sign or a symbol of being successful in our society. People kind of like to brag in our culture. How's work going? Terribly busy. I haven't, taken, I haven't stopped. I haven't taken a break in a month or two. People, that, that's in our culture success. That's really not that successful in the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God, success is you get to take a break and you get to rely on God. And so that's what I want us to enter into as we're entering in this season of Lent and remembering what separates us from God. And sometimes our busyness separates us. See, one of the things that's about our culture too is we have so much freedom in America that sometimes our freedom even blocks us from putting God first in our life because we have so many options. And actually what we look at as freedom can actually be a bondage. So as we're entering Lent and we're looking what prohibits us from our relationship with God, let's remember to focus on just some of the busy things that can keep us so busy. 